All right, guys, we're going to get started with um, the booking and uh, promotion panel here. So I'm going to let everybody introduce themselves real quick, and uh, then we'll, we'll move into some topics. How you doing, guys? My name's Vince Bowles. I'm with DVT Entertainment in Philadelphia. Uh, my partner, Jim, is on the other end of the table, all the way down there. Uh, we got together a few years ago um, at a venue called Dobbs on South Street. Uh, prior to that, um, I worked under Double V Bookings, um, a few venues in Philly from about 2000. Um, teamed up with Jim, who was, he can explain more about his background, um, and created DVT Thorpe. That's where it all came from, Double V and Thorpe. We do a lot of bookings, a lot of festivals in and around the Philadelphia area. Uh, across all genres, nothing specific. We're just looking for the best artists, the most professional ones, the ones who are looking to make that next step. Um, we have smaller venues that we work at that are 100, 150 cap for, for the development, for getting to know people, for helping them work out the kinks in the project. And we have opportunities for larger venues up to a thousand cap if necessary for to try to do bigger national shows or for the events that really call for it. My name is Chris Castillo. I, uh, I run the Park Glass House in Shikshini, Pennsylvania. I am the creator of the Yardstock Festival, also in Shikshini, Pennsylvania. Um, I've been booking shows since 2009, not in Wilkes-Barre area, so much more around Bloomsburg and where I'm from in Shikshini. Uh, yeah. Um, again, my name is Brittany Boot. Uh, a lot of what I do essentially is kind of connect people who uh, want to put on shows, connect people to bar owners or venue owners, and um, help them promote. Um, I also book my own shows and host events in the area. I have a charity foundation called Shots for Tots where um, I collect toys to donate locally to St. Vincent's Kitchen, um, CEO, Janet Weiss Children's Hospital. I also have a scholarship fund in my mom's name for a student that wants to pursue the arts. Um, I got into kind of doing this thing in the community with the music. Uh, I was the manager of the Jazz Cafe in Wilkes-Barre uh, for a little while and fell in love with making things happen and putting some work in and some energy in, in and then seeing the results and seeing a, a full room and seeing people enjoy themselves. So uh, that's pretty much what I'm all about. <laughs> My name is Jim Thorpe. I'm part of DBT Entertainment. Vince down the other end is my partner. Um, I've been doing this for a real long time. Started my first booking show event was probably in 1985, 86, and from them from there on, I've been in the music scene doing booking management. Um, if anybody's in Philadelphia, remember the Grape Street Pub or the Grape Street? I was one of the owners for 10, 15 years. It was one of the most prominent clubs in Philadelphia during the 90s and early 2000s. Um, things started to change in, in the scene. Um, and we were, Vince and me were just talking 
what you guys were talking about the panel before, it's everywhere. It's the same thing in every market. I don't care if it's a small market or a large market, it's the same stuff. Um, so Vince and me got together um, because they were ready to launch, they were getting ready to reopen a club called Legend, Legendary Dobbs, which is the old JC Dobbs in Philadelphia. And they called me, I called Vince. Uh, I've known Vince for a long time. I booked his band and we put together DBT Entertainment because we believed about the artists. We're artists first venue second hate to say it but that's kind of what we our theory is and for me owning a venue for 10 12 years i kind of know where that comes from that's where artists always come first because our venues are successful because we went for artists first and then um what do you call it? artist first venue second build the scene um i also run we run tons of festivals we just had liberty music fest a couple weeks ago we did a was it 80 artists four days some amazing amount of artists. We actually, we were at 80%, probably 75, 80% of bands are all touring bands. Um, so it was a very cool event. Uh, I'm also involved, we're on our 15 year anniversary, if anybody heard of the Dewey Beach Music Conference. So that's coming up this week. Um, and I've been doing that for 15 years. So, I'm Joe. I'm gonna moderate. Uh, I, I used to book shows, now I do this. Um, but I can personally sign off. You as artists, I know all these guys. If you're looking for shows, if you ever have the chance to work with them, everybody up here is great. They're not gonna screw you. As artists, know that. They're the good guys. So, you know, that's why I invited them up here. Because I trust all of them. <clears throat> if you then meet them and, and are gonna work with them, I don't want somebody up here who it's gonna be shady. So, you know, just know that as, as artists that we're putting in front of you. Also, when I was developing this panel, what I really want to present you guys was, here's all levels of everything you can do, okay? Um, so I want to start this off with, with Chris, because I think what Chris is doing is awesome, and it's a really foreign concept to me. I've never been to a house show until I was 25 years old. It's the first time I ever went to one. I think it's awesome. House, shows, house show venues, on average, get shut down in about two months, three months. You know, they just don't last. It doesn't work. What are you, five years? Yeah, I've been... Doing house shows for about four or five years now. Um, a lot of people, there's a common misconception when bands think they're coming to play my house and think that they're going to be playing in my living room. Um, I'm out in the middle of nowhere. There's no noise restrictions. There's no time constraints. I have three neighbors, and they know what I do. They know that I've been doing it and they know that I'm gonna to continue to do it. But the common misconception is a lot of people show up and think they're playing in my living room, but I actually turned my, my barn into more like a music venue than you know just playing in a living room. It is still my barn, but it actually looks like a venue. It's not, you know, it's not what you see you know, going around at the Electric City Music Conference with the, the B-Spot and the Keys and Killed Airs and things like that, but I've done my best to make it as welcoming for bands as possible. So, so I think a cool spot, this, would you say a lot of developing artists, young artists, uh, newer, that there are a lot of the art, art like that you see that you're booking, you can help, like if a band has never played a show before, it's one of their first couple of shows, if you dig it, you have the freedom to just bring them in and do a show with them? Is that, right, that that's right, safe yeah. bet? Right, right, yeah. I have a lot of people contact me about doing shows and really 
what I tell a lot of younger bands that are like, oh yeah, we're just starting out, you know, we don't have much, and we're gonna be recording, I just tell them, you know, if you come out to another show and support the shows, that is most likely, that's the easiest way for you to get on a show, is showing your support, especially if you're newer and younger, come out, show me that okay, you really believe in what I'm doing and you really want to be a part of it rather than just, you know, just saying, oh, we really want to play a show, but you're not there supporting. So, uh, yeah, that's the biggest thing for younger bands is, you know, come out and support, show that, and then, you know, I'll listen to your band. And obviously, if I like it, or even if I, you know, don't like it as much, if you're coming out and supporting, odds are you're going to get on a show, you know, at some point. So if we could bounce over to Greg now for a minute. So Greg, uh, tell us a couple of places that, that, that you book shows at, things, things that you're, you work, you're working on. Um, well, I'm working more down towards the Wilkes-Barre area. Um, over the last year, I kind of took a little bit of a hit with like the closing of Diane's. That was a real staple that I, I was working with. Um, Old Time Charlie's is always a great place. Um, aside from that, really, I've been concentrating on a lot of private events, too. Um, you'd be amazed at, at the positive response that you can get for an original band at something like a graduation party or like a Sweet 16. I recently did a 4th of July party where I uh, brought in the Disorders, um, and it was a range of age from you know, kids four, five, six years old up to like my grandmother, you know? And it's kind of, you got to think out of the box there, you know? I mean, it's a great way for those artists to be able to go and meet some people that aren't necessarily quote unquote seeing people. So if a band uh, wanted to reach out to you to, to play one of your events, what would be the, the, the little bit of advice you'd give to them then? Uh, just be polite, be professional and stuff. I mean, it, it's a definitely a two-way street. If a band approaches me, it's like, okay, well, we want to play, but what could you do for me? What could you do for me? Well, you know, I, I have some stuff that I can offer you here. I will help you with the promotion of the event. But you also have to be willing to do your part. Right. Um, when, you, when you get a band booked in and you see they couldn't even take the time to send out like invites to a Facebook event. Nothing turns me off from a band quicker than that. I mean, they really have to be willing to put in their part of the work. As a promoter, it doesn't, it doesn't fall strictly on you. You're more or less helping the band facilitate their own promotion. Okay, cool. Britt, I'd like to move over to you then real quick, because that might reach. All right, so then I think uh, the next step we would take would be, so you, you've played a couple house shows. Um, you've worked with some private events, some uh, some old-time Charlie's, things like that. The Jazz Cafe in our area is one of the last standing true rooms that are made for music. You know, that, that, that that's solely what they do. Other great places. The Bog's an awesome room, but they're not purely a music place. Jazz Cafe, their business centers around the music still. Um, you have a lot of experience there. You still work with them a little bit. I, the George Wesley tribute was amazing. Um, that was great. Um, I saw you dancing up front. Um, <laughs> so if a band wants to get into the Jazz Cafe, and I've always took the Jazz Cafe as a little bit more of, um, they, they have a certain style. You know, you, you're not playing your first gig at the, at the right. Jazz Cafe. So ooh, where are they going then? 
Um, How are they going about getting a show there? I think with anywhere that has a little bit of exclusivity when it comes to uh, shows or style of shows, this is Northeast Pennsylvania. You just, you know, you got to know who you got to know to get stuff done, and that's just the way it is. Um, People that might have a sense of credibility when it comes to uh, uh, creating an event uh, just have to. I'm kind of always the middle girl, you know, putting this person in touch with this person to make sure this happens. It's kind of just a a, a networking thing. It really is. Um, Also, the Jazz Cafe is is kind of a room that that breathes on its own, has its own style. It's it's labeled as a jam band room. Um, When I came in, I, I wanted to maintain that, but I also wanted to bring uh, a different a different feel to it too. Um, different music, more local music. Um, so I guess what, what your question is, you know, how do you, how do you go about getting a gig at a venue that, uh, that might, that not anybody could just play at? It really is just having a, a sense of, of credibility when it goes, when you're going to the owner of somewhere and saying, listen, these guys are good, put them in the room, give them a chance. It's, it's really just um, having faith. I think people, I'm able to do that because I think uh, I'm lucky enough that people have faith in, in what I think and in my opinions, so, <laughs> yeah. Let's uh, move over to Vince real quick then. All right, so now guys, you're in a band. You've played a couple of house shows, you've played a couple of events. You're starting to get a little name for yourself in the area. You're playing some of the music venues in the area. Um, maybe you want to branch out now. You want to get in front of some new audiences. Vince, I'm a band from Northeastern Pennsylvania, and uh, you know I'm, I'm I'm filling a room here, and uh, I'm developing that fan base. What do I do now to get a gig at the Tin Angel or one of the rooms that you book um, down in Philadelphia? Um. The main thing when you're when you're going to reach out of your your home market is is do your homework. Don't just reach out to. But here, let me backtrack a little bit. Do your homework. Get all the information on all the venues. Find out which ones seem right for you. Um, if you just blindly email every venue just because you found their email addresses online and ask for a show or ask for some dates. You're gonna you're gonna set yourself up for failure because you're gonna give some of these venues, um, especially some of these bookers are, are really difficult. And they are everywhere. It's not just Northeast PA. Um, even with the last panel, a lot of the information that I heard coming from you guys up here was how things are here. It's the same everywhere. The 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 fan base, the venue owners, um, the distractions between crowds, whether it's the original thing, a cover thing, just the bar. It's all the same. It's just a matter of you coming up with a game plan that's best for your band and how to work it. So that brings me back to the emails. Don't reach out to every venue. Find the ones that are small enough, that are are realistic for where your band is at that moment. Um, Check out their schedules. Look at the other bands. You can't go in blind. You have to do the homework. You gotta, I always suggest at least six months before you go to any other market 
spend the time doing the research, reach out to some of the venue, the bookers, the venues, some of the bands, start developing a relationship so you're not going in blind and wasting your gas money and wondering why it didn't work out for you your first trip down there. Um, so in terms of for our booking, we look, I can't speak for other bookers. We, we like to think that we really put the time in as well. We don't book blind. We get your email. We look at them. Sometimes we're swamped, so we could get back to you in 10 minutes. Sometimes things fall through the cracks. I'm not going to lie. It happens. Everyone knows that. And you may not hear from us in a couple weeks. Send a follow-up. Not every three days, but within a week or two, if you don't hear back, just send a polite follow-up. Not like, hey, what's going on with my show? That's not going to work. Um, but we look, at your, we look at your links. Send all the proper information. Your name, your contact, your the links you want us to see, not your not a video that a friend put up on YouTube from last week's show, that's not gonna be your best side. That's not what you want people to judge. We're gonna look for live videos, um, at least you know me and Jim do. We'll hear your recorded stuff, but people can record well and not be ready live. So we're gonna dig a little deeper in terms of our process for booking a show. So just make sure that you give us everything possible that you feel best represents you in one shot, in one email. Uh, it, it never underestimate the the benefit of a quality press kit. You got to put your best foot forward, and you know who who can package your best features better than you. You know what I mean? It, Put together a good solid two, three song demo. You know what I mean? Put a little bit of a live performance into your press kit. The biography that people that they're sometimes are so lazy with the biography of their bands in these press kits that you're like, okay, well, what are you even trying to tell me about yourself here? Uh, and just to follow that up quickly, that's the basic. That's that's the most standard industry format of, of reaching out. Get your information, contact the people you need to contact, and take it from there. But beyond that, you have to get out. You gotta show up. And you can't necessarily attend every event and support all of your friends. Um, and even when you're getting out of the scene like us in Philadelphia, if you're coming from this area, one of the main issues that I think people fall into with bands these days is they just play too much everyone's hungry, they want to get out there, but you're not leaving yourself time to develop or learn within your scene, within the industry, and you're rehearsing two, three, four nights a week, hopefully, depending on your schedules, and you get out and play, but if you're playing every weekend, there's no time to go support anybody else, there's no time to visit a venue. You should never play a venue you've never been to, unless you're on a tour and you have a, you know management or a booking setting up an entire tour that's different. But on a, a local, regional level, you should never go play a room that you've never set foot in yourself. You come meet us, that's why we're here. Um, some bookers are, are not able to always be there. Some just don't show up. That's why you have to do your research. But we use a hashtag all the time on everything we put out there with the marketing and the media is just show up. Come out, say hello, get to know the people. Your chances of building a relationship and getting involved in that venue, that scene, are exponentially greater just by you walking in the front door. And then I'd just like to touch on something real quick, because it's really interesting, and I, I see it a lot overplaying. So think of a concept like this. If you're playing 
the Irish Wolf Pub's in my head for a reason. So you're playing the Irish Wolf Pub, and you're playing the Irish Wolf Pub next Friday, and then you're playing the Irish Wolf Pub the Friday after that, and then the Friday after that, and then maybe you go play the Keys one week between that. You're still in Scranton. The same people are still the people that you're trying to draw from. What's the chance that the same person's gonna come see you four times in a row in a month in the same exact market? As opposed to having a show, so you have 20 people that come to see you all the time, all right? You're playing four shows in the same market in one month, four people are gonna come to eat, or five people are gonna come to each show as opposed to 20 people coming to one show is the way I look at it, you know? And the one thing we noticed in the Philadelphia scene that's probably happening everywhere across the country is all the bands are playing so much in their same market, then they're all trying to play on bands that are all good. Um, you know, you're, I want to play with this band because they're drawing well. What happens is everybody's draw starts dwindling. And everybody wants, if you're playing the market in the same bands, that keeps dwindling, dwindling, dwindling. So now a band that's drawing well is now drawing five. Now everyone at Bill's drawing five people. It's, it's like an, almost insanity that everybody thinks they're going to build their fan base off. I think bands need to step back and say, I got to play Philadelphia Market or Scranton Market, Wilkes-Barre every six weeks. And people hate that when I say that. But if you want to real, realistically build your band, running that same cycle plan every day, every week, or every other week in the same market, you're gonna go, it's gonna be counterproductive for your band. I'd rather spend six weeks trying to find a show outside of the area than play in the area. And as that goes, you'll, you'll start, or start connecting with other bands and out of, out of state and making that kind of connections. Um, Cause I mean, we see it now in the Philadelphia scene. I mean, it's, it's, it's so many bands are playing and promoters are offering shows and bands don't, step back and say, well, maybe we won't take this show. We'll wait a couple weeks. Well, to, to jump back and touch on something that Joe said, um, you know, the every Friday thing, that can be, a residency is really great. Just not, you gotta be selective about it. It has to be the right time for your band. You have to have something to promote. You have to have a new album coming. You have to have a tour coming up that maybe you're, you're funding um, and you're trying to get people in, excited about it. Um, you know, anything that gives a reason for people to get behind your forward motion. If you're just staying local and you don't have a lot on your plate, you don't have any new product, new music to put out there, playing a residency isn't the best decision for you. And you should only do it maybe once a year if you have that opportunity to build buzz about whatever that thing is. Otherwise, you have to be really selective and, and space out your shows to, to get the maximum return on it. I want to just keep uh, down the trail we were going. So now you have uh, you've played a show in Philadelphia, and you're starting to grow a little bit more. Um, so I want to hop over to Jim here, and I'll just hand you the mic then. But <laughs> um, so now you guys work a lot. You do a lot of festivals. You know, Second Street Festival, right uh, down in Northern Liberty is that you South Street Festival. I'm sorry. No, yeah, oh, both and South South Street Festival, Liberty Music Festival, Dewey Beach. Okay, so you, now, you, now you've played a couple gigs outside your own area. As a, as a person who's doing something like this, now I could say that you could probably take two ways about this. It could be easier to get a gig in Philadelphia possibly on one of your festivals, or it could be much harder depending on the festival, right? So you, now you wanna branch out, you wanna try to get on one of these festivals, get your name out there a little bit with that, uh, maybe play the, the Dewey Beach Conference. What steps uh, are different than just getting a regular show 
as opposed to getting onto a uh, one of your festival gigs? Uh, how do they how stay differentiate between the two? I mean, all the festivals are based on talent. Um, first and foremost, your band has to be really good. I mean, there's band, good bands and scenes, but sometimes you got to be a couple notches better. Like have that front man that can take over a crowd or musically take over a crowd. So that always, when you get to festivals, nobody wants to put beginner bands on a festival. They want bands that are pretty seasoned or, or not seasoned, but they have their stuff together. And so that when they play, you hopefully you build some fan base. Um, for Liberty, it's probably the best conference if you wanted to get onto. Is It's done probably the most, out of all the years doing our festivals, um, we sucked about 80 bands. Everybody has to submit. So bands have to submit to this. It's 15 bucks, but you get all that money pretty much back if you just show up with free beer, free food, or whatever we're doing that for that event. So we have 10 people, industry people, vote on the band. So what happens there is you have 10 different views of your music. So when we did this, we have a spreadsheet. Everybody puts their, their numbers in, and that everybody's done. We, we just scroll it. The top 80 bands, I don't care where they're from, were selected. So that was based on your music being quality music, good videos, whatever. And like when I said earlier, 70, 80% of bands weren't even from Philadelphia. And we had a huge successful conference. It was, I mean, the, the festival went off was where it's great. Um, not like band, like if you wanted to play Dewey, we look differently there because it's more of a, re, it's a bands from around the country again, but we look at where you're playing, like how many festivals have you played? Have you have, it's a different level of, of a conference where we're looking to see how many festivals you've played in the past. Um, it can be, um, or you're touring regularly or you're going up the ladder and you're kind of making waves other than one market, you're doing more. Because at Dewey, we have different people there. We have um, Ryan, I mean, <clears throat> Sobol, who does all the bookings for Summerfest out in Milwaukee. He took four bands last year from Dewey Beach out to, to them and they're playing like the 20,000 people. Um, Music Fest in Bethlehem, we have people come down, they suck a couple artists out of there. So each festival, just look around. I mean, I would say no festival's not worth playing. It's getting experience of playing them. So if there's some small ones around, you play them. But when you want to start going up the ladder, you want to make sure you have your stuff together. Like, I mean, if I hear a band that's the singer's out of keyword, like you're not going to wind up getting a slot on, our, on any of our festivals. Okay, so now we've touched on a lot of what you should do. Um, I'm gonna kind of go right down the line here. Let's try not to to duplicate answers if we could. Like, let's everybody's number one. Like, it's the one thing that you should never do when you're booked or when you're trying to get booked by you guys. And uh, yeah, let's touch on that. Uh, the, my my biggest thing is just please don't tell me how famous you are. You know what I mean. I I I, I get I get guys reaching out to me. Oh well, you know I, I've been in the scene for you know twenty years. Blah blah blah. And I I put in all the work. Blah blah. Well, I've never heard of you. So are are you really? putting in that work or is this basically your hard sell to me i mean you you can't you can't over overstate the benefit of being genuine when you reach out to somebody to try to book with them that that's just my biggest thing there because i mean that would that would play to the point of so you tell me i you you know book me i can bring out 50 people and then you show up and two people play chances of getting booked again. Now, maybe if you were more honest, 
make a show that works around that, a show that you fit on, maybe you can can then do it. Instead of lying, you build a show around somebody that you're expecting this draw from, and you get burned on it, right? Exactly, exactly. I mean, I'm willing to give anybody a chance, especially if somebody comes and says, you know, I'm just getting started. You know, we've only got, you know, maybe a half hour's worth of material. That's another huge one. Oh, yeah, no, we could play for two hours. And then they come in and, oh, well, how many originals do you have? Oh, we got we got three originals. Okay, well then you're gonna you're gonna be playing mostly covers for your set, but you kind of promoted yourself as an original band. You know what I mean? If you only have that 30 minutes because you're just getting started, that's not gonna make me want to walk away from you. I'm gonna want to see what you have to offer in that situation. And then, hey, there the possibility is there that maybe I might want to help you develop your act. You know? I'd say for me. The very short answer answer is pay attention. Um, just be professional, but take that pay attention clue. Whatever it is that you're trying to do, do it well. Um, for, for local bands, when you see, I can't speak for every touring band or, or even local band, because there's always the exception to the rule. But typically, when a band is on their second or third tour, there's a reason for it. They function well, they have a game plan, they know what they're doing. So pay attention, go to the venue, if you're the opening band or the closing band, whatever it is, and watch them. From the moment they show up in their van till the time they leave, there's typically activity. There's, there's getting there, there's the load-in, there's the coordination of finding the venue manager or the booker or you're getting the gear and getting that squared away. Someone else is probably setting up merch somewhere. Someone else has probably asked for the Wi-Fi password so they can get back into their email and make sure they're not missing any opportunities while they're out on the road. There's always something going on within the band. They have a job. And these are the high functioning. Like I said, there's always an exception. It's not always going to work like that. But as a local band, just keep your eye on, on these bands that are doing something and see what they do. Um, and you can learn a lot. It's in a different situation, different venues, but there's so much that they can offer just by their actions, and then obviously follow that up with talking to them. Building relationships is the most important thing that you can do in music next to being good at what you do. Uh, can you repeat the question again? Number one pet peeve, what you should never do. Number one no-no. I mean, personally, for me, on more of a house show level, um, I feel that most of the bands that contact me know that I am a house venue. I'm, I'm not an accredited business. Uh, my expenses come out of my pocket. So for me, my biggest pet peeve is like when a band contacts me that's really stoked, really loves what's going on at my house, really wants to be a part of it. But then, and gives me all their information, but at the end of it, it's like, okay, well, we're gonna need, and by the way, we're gonna need $300. Well, I'm on a house show level. I can't really promise that. I can't promise much. My expenses come out of my pocket. I have no problem dishing out a bad gas money. It doesn't phase me. I don't worry about it. I've been doing it for a long time, and uh, for me, the music is, is more than the money. And so uh, when bands kind of have that mentality, I'm kind of like, well, you know, you contacted me knowing that I am on a smaller scale. Um, a lot of bands don't know. I'm in the middle of nowhere. Um, 
there's really nothing around. But bands typically do pretty well selling merch when they come through my house. Uh, I have a pretty decent history with that. And like I said, I can offer, I can only offer so much, but um, you know, I really look more for bands that are just like, we just really want a place to play. Like we don't care, we don't care if we get paid, we don't care if there's 10 people there, we're just happy to have a place to play rather than being like, oh yeah, we're really excited, we think it's great, but, but you know, we need a certain amount of money, which I understand. Like, obviously, any band that's traveling, a band traveling from Wilkes-Barre to where my house is in Chick City is about a 45-minute drive. And yeah, it costs you money to get there, and it costs you money to get back, and I understand that. But when that, when that is a, one of the bigger priorities from the bands that are contacting me, it kind of turns me off a little bit. I think that would go back to a little bit of, uh, that Vince was talking about, doing your research knowing who you're reaching out to. No, no, it's a house show. And you, you probably just operating on the door, right? Like whoever right. comes in, makes a donation, you know, know, right. know what you're doing. And, and then don't, I've, I've seen this a lot and I know exactly where, where you're coming from. So you're a band, you've never played our market before and you email me and you say, hey, I need this much money. And I, and you know, I understand that, as you said, completely understand if you have a set amount you need, if I say, hey, I'm not able to help you with that, understand that don't come back then and be upset about it just hey it's not gonna work out this time you know or we could make it work and try to make it work but you know you be willing to 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 work with you right right and and like sometimes i'll say like okay well you're asking for a guarantee of a hundred dollars we typically do free shows donation base we ask for donations and i'll say like well you know i could give you i'll give you fifty dollars out of my pocket towards your gas and obviously whatever you sell in merch, you're keeping for yourself. And like I said, um, we've done pretty well, bands have done pretty well at my house uh, making money off merch and also donations just by having themselves set up and playing and just networking with the people who are there, just saying, hey, yeah, we're out on tour or yeah, we're from this area, whatever, you know, or we're trying to get to another place, we have a CD. People, people will buy merchandise, and that's what, that, well, that would be my biggest pet peeve. Cool. Rick, biggest pet peeve, what not to do? Uh, well, don't, um, don't be a jerk, I guess. <laughs> Just be sincere. Um, I've had people, well, what's interesting now is Facebook, you're so accessible to everybody and people can just message you, which is great, that part about it, you're able to immediately connect with people. Um, I recently had a situation where I booked a band called Floodwood, uh, their bluegrass band out of New York with a couple of the guys from uh, Mo. And I had this kid message me, uh, basically like totally into the band, like I really wanna get on this gig, I have this jam band. No, I never heard them before. And I was like, all right, here's a local kid, you know, he just wants an opportunity, I'll try to do my best to help him out. And uh, when it came down to it, I was like, listen, it's just not gonna, it's not gonna work. There's, this is, there's no time for it, we already have an opening band. And this kid was just like flipping out. And I was like, there's, there's no level of professionalism uh, when it comes to behaving like that in, in this community. And um, I think another thing that's really important and could be confusing on your end where 
advancing the gig is so important. Having these emails back and forth, this is your guarantee, this is how much money you're gonna make, this is gonna be a split over this, and that's it. Um, a lot of people don't um, do contracts necessarily. I did at the Jazz because I wanted it to be clear, and at the end of the night when you get the door and the business is handled, everything is understood and fair and done appropriately and done professionally and done the right way. Um, I think that's major. And I think uh, a lot of people get into this back and forth and it comes in, into this negative thing because there's a misunderstanding of what you're getting paid and how it's gonna be distributed to everyone, so. I actually have two, one's real quick. Um, for DBT, we send out a pretty thorough advance for every show or festival. And I say maybe, what do you think, 30% read the advance that we send out, everything from backline. We actually give you all the media contacts, you name it, we give it to you. That's one of my big pet peeves. So if you do a show with us, we send you something, read it. <laughs> um, my next one is not more for booking shows. I think it's artists having their stuff organized on their website. Um, I hate going and not, like if we're doing a show, we'll do a lot of posters ourselves, and I can't find po pictures, videos. We're, we're, I mean, Vince and me are a social media whore, so if you start following us, you'll see how crazy we are. But we do blogs, we do, we do a lot of stuff to help the bands, but when we go out to go look for information, there's no professional photo, there's no bio, there's no video, and then they come back and yell at us for not help promoting their show. I was like, well, you need to have your own stuff set up correctly. So when you go to a site, now it also affects you getting booking. If you're real professional looking, everything's there on there, we're gonna be like, oh, these guys are organized, I wanna work with you guys, your music's great, and everything. I mean, that's a huge pet peeve of mine. I mean, and then I even had it with Liberty Fest, we had a, the local paper wrote this great article, a couple page article for us, and half the bands that they wanted to write about, they couldn't because there was no information for them in the paper that on their website. So they had to go to all other bands, which is fine. Other bands got selected, we had 80 of them, but the fact is that band lost out on a promo that's a newspaper that's on every one of the regional lines in Philadelphia. So you're talking millions of people you know, and you just lost out on an opportunity. So I think you guys, if you're really serious about what you're doing, that's the biggest pet peeve for me is having content available for us to, not just even booking agents, that's publishing companies, that's media, that's everybody out there that's in this industry that you're trying to reach. The more stuff you're, you're organized and have some quality product or product photos, uh, videos, what else, um, songs, don't just put up a live song as a track. That happens a lot. Have a good recorded song. Because first impressions, trust me, if I hear you see you and it's not your first impression, uh, these guys don't have enough, I won't come back to you guys, to be honest with you. All right, guys, we've got uh, about 10 minutes left. Um, does anybody out there have any questions? Let's open it up to that. Um, so if you guys are in bands, if you're in, you know, whatever you're doing with, with it, um, any questions about booking for these guys? Yeah. I think so. I think it's huge. I think now to be successful, you have to have an internet presence. And you have to represent yourself well on that internet presence. Um, when it comes to promoting, I know people that just create an invite or an, an event on Facebook and invite people. And I think. Uh, 
that's effective, but you also have to be on the streets. When I, when I book a show, like I'm out there handing out flyers, um, putting them up. You don't, you go to Wilkes-Barre Scranton and you don't see flyers on poles anymore. You know, you don't see anything like that. And that's the old fashioned way of promoting. And I think it's still really effective. Sorry, just to follow up on that, it's, it's absolutely true. There, there's, there's no one right way to do it and get the show. You have to be present in person, active, and then you also have to be regularly active on, on social media. The numbers themselves aren't that important. You could buy them. The, it's the interaction that matters. If you have 20,000 followers and you put up a post about any interaction with your group, whether it's a video, just a statement, what you were doing that day, a studio update, and you have one or two likes on it, your numbers aren't true, they're not accurate, or maybe they are and you've lost favor with your audience, you don't have as many people paying attention anymore. Um, the interaction is, is what we look at beyond your number, it doesn't matter if it's 20,000 or 200, if, if you have 10 people on your Instagram and you put up a picture and you have 10 people like it, that's great. That's, that's what it comes down to ultimately for figuring out where a band stands with, within their market. And definitely tag everything that's involved in that. Hashtag it. Um, we check that. Vince and me are very strong on when we book shows and bands are not sending invites or even hashtagging on their social media, the club they're playing. Um, we check that stuff. So, you know, there's so, you gotta eat. I think all the artists got to remember, there's so many people out there doing music. There's tons of people doing music out there. And you, everybody's trying to rise above each other. So it's almost like try not try as, as much as you can to keep in favor with all the booking agents and everybody's around. So I think, you know, social media is great, but also just showing up in person or even that kind of stuff, it goes more miles for an agent. Um, I think knowing your audience is really important too to me. So maybe your audience doesn't live on Facebook. A lot of them don't. Um, my little sister is 21 years old. She doesn't use Facebook. So if you're trying to appeal to my sister, then you should probably be on Snapchat or you should be on Instagram. So let the booking agent know what you're utilizing and where you're connecting with your audience. And I think that Toonfly, you know, I, I'm not trying to call you guys out, but I think that that's a really cool platform for that because you guys are taking musicians and putting them on a platform that is more social than just uploading your music for people to listen to. There's a social aspect to it. So that can really develop into a really cool thing for bands to utilize. And uh, everybody should take that out and download it now. Yeah. Uh, with solo artists, just like any act, I mean, it, it really is. You just have to be out there engaging your audience. Um, you know, um, uh, one thing I think a lot of people overlook is, you know, promoting promoting an act and gaining momentum. It, it doesn't end when the last band gets off stage. I mean, you really do have to follow up with that. Show people, okay, here's a couple shots of the band playing and stuff. The next, the day after a show, I'm still promoting that show just to kind of ride the wave from the night before. You get your pictures up, you get, you know, everybody had a great time. Next time you're gonna wanna be here. 
Um, yeah, really quickly, if it's just about engaging your fans or potential fans or you know, anything you can do to get them to remember you, you have to do it. Whether that's your social media, whether you're, you're witty and you put funny things out, whether it's your performance, it has to be good. You have to be able to sing in key, you have to not make mistakes, you have to get through your set and, and make it engaging for people. But at the same time, your performance isn't the final thing. That's 30, 40 minutes, maybe an hour out of your night. Merchandise, things that people can take home with them. If you have that set up, that's four hours that it's out there where they only see you for 30 minutes. You have to take advantage of every option to get people to remember you when you leave the venue. I, uh, I think essentially what you, what you have to do is just really put yourself out there and represent yourself. And a lot of people, uh, like open mics, for example, uh, Brett and Eddie have an open mic every Wednesday and there's new musicians coming out all the time and, and, and getting comfortable in front of an audience, so, solo musicians. I know Rich has an open mic too at a, in, a, in Oliphant and I think that's a major part of it. Don't be afraid to put yourself out there as much as possible and represent yourself and uh, just have, I think a lot of confidence goes a long way when it comes to that. I gotta follow up on this. Um, Vince and me, over the years, have worked with a lot of great bands, and we saw a lot of bands go from playing to nobody in a room to selling out 800 to 1,000 venues. Um, I was fortunate enough, and I know Vince was too, is I worked with Hailstorm before anybody even knew who Hailstorm was. And they were playing rooms that were like, they would play my room and there'd be nobody there. Then they would play a small room, there's 20. The one thing that Lizzie did, and with every other major band, and I'm pretty sure there's artists that you guys, the bigger artists here that are successful, they talked to everybody that night before they left the room. I don't care, and then we had Walk the Moon is another one we had recently before they blow up. They did the same thing. They attacked the market and they, their promotion started the day they got out of the car to the day they left and even past that. They might have stayed an extra day. But all these artists that are big and that are breaking now, their, their groundwork is that one person at a time. And I, it sounds kind of dumb, but it's the only way you're going to succeed and build your fan base is one fan at a time and it's interaction with your fans and that's and it's real tough now but you want to get if there's 10 people there and they enjoy you you got to make sure they know who you are and people like interaction they like to be finding a new person oh hopefully you're going to be on you know you're going to be on a big radio you're going to be on a radio station or something like that or going to wind up on tv you know they people cherish that they want they want that you know, they want to be a part of your career when you start going forward. And I've seen it for like so many artists. It's unreal. Hey guys, I want to thank you so much for being part of this. Um, we're going to wrap this one up now, but I do want to say thank you so much. And I'd like everybody to take, we have about five minutes left in this. We're going to get everybody else back up here, but these are the people you want to connect with. Um, you guys want to play shows. Maybe we could just, you guys hang out for a couple minutes, maybe talk to people. I know everybody here is so approachable. So um, we're going to take a couple minutes, get our next panel up here, get situated, and uh, jump back into it.